Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tej Talks. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, which uh, I think most of you are, you will have seen recently I did a beginner's week, which was me trying to add some knowledge, fill the gap maybe for people who are really just starting out. Now, when you're starting out, you have 101 questions. And I think often you ask quite broad questions and you get quite broad answers, which don't really help you. So it's quite important to ask the right questions. But I took some of these broad questions and turned them into Instagram posts. So if you're not following me, go and follow me. I'm also launching my mastermind, 15 people max, £75 a month, uh, about two hours a month. Um, it's going to be 15 people max on this mastermind. There's no more, um, hopefully no less. So if you're interested in that, drop me a DM, just say mastermind in capitals. Uh, and I will send you the application form. It is application only. I'm very specific about who I want in it and make sure that everyone's on a similar kind of level. But anyways, let's get into beginner's week. So uh, I'm just looking at the first post I did. Now, a very common question I get is, what strategy should I do? Now, of course, if you know anything about property, there are so many different strategies. And then each one has a niche within it, which has like another niche in it. So when you start, you're like, okay, (laughs) which one? And then which one within that one should I do? Or should I do three? Or should I, you know, should I start with something and then change? it can be really tricky. So I want to kind of talk through some of the popular strategies uh, and also maybe how you can determine how to do this, right? So look, if you ask this question, just what strategy should I do? I think it's the dumbest question ever, right? If you, if only if you ask someone that in one line, you just DM someone, what strategy should I do? It's the dumbest question ever. Don't fucking ask me that question in my DMs. I swear to God, don't answer that question because it doesn't make any sense, right? It's it just... What strategy you should do is the strategy that you should do and it suits you, your career, your day job, your family, your your outgoings, um, what incomings you want, when you want to retire, if you want to retire, if you want to be full-time, if you want to be part. There's a million and one factors, right? So when you're asking this question, give someone context. Trust me, it's better to write a paragraph or two giving your sort of life story briefly than it is to just say, what strategy should I do? Because you need to look at your current situation and where you want to be. Why is my builder in this life? You should be fixing the bloody pipes, not on Instagram. Look at this. Oh, I can't get the bloody stuff. Um, look, let's say you want to make £10,000 a month, which is like the most common figure, you know, it's sexy after tax. It's a decent figure. You know, it's a nice round number. You know, like 10K a month. Okay. Um, now look, I do detail this in my e-learning, but let's consider the realities of each of each strategy and how much time they consume. Now, look, if you want your portfolio to be as passive as possible, are you going to buy HMOs and self-manage them? No, you're not. Are you going to do rent to HMO, rent to rent or rent to rent SA and manage it yourself? You're probably not. If you've got a million in the bank or you've got a pound in the bank, you're probably doing different strategies. Now, that's not to say you should ignore where you could be. Because that's important, right? It's not always about where you're at. I started with 30 grand and I raised over 600. <laughs> I started with nothing and I raised the rest of it. So don't don't forget that, right? But just be realistic as well. I mean, look, if you're trying to quit your job as quickly as possible, 
Are you going to do buy to let, which take like seven months to cash flow? Are you going to do like, no, you're going to do rent to rent. Maybe you're going to do deal sourcing, right? You know, if you're starting off with nothing in terms of money experience, then you need to really think, well, hey, what actually can you do as well as what should you do? Yeah, because there are limitations. And I think what's important is we have to know our limitations um, and to be able to structure things around them. Because like, oh, forget your weaknesses, man. Focus on your strengths. Whatever, America. Um, you need to actually look at the limitations your life has. Such as, do you have kids and you want to spend time with them for X many hours? Well, then you're not doing some crazy ass strategy right now. Have you got a job that's so demanding mentally and physically that you only have X amount of time? Well, then fuck me, you ain't doing something crazy, are you? Yeah? So you need to consider where you're at, who you are, and where you want to be. Those are really important. Now, I mean, look, here's what I think, right? Just to summarize each strategy before I move on to the next post. Um, you want to quit your job quickly with minimum cash up front. Rent to rent. Rent to rent HMO or rent to rent SA, depending on your area and what you like and what you want to do. Um, you want to buy slow, small income that can be passive and have a lot of uh, capital appreciation over time. Single lets. You need high cash flow, but you're happy to invest more and spend more and wait longer and maybe give it more time on a month to month basis. HMO. Um, you want a great introduction to eventually buying things, right? And you want to pump up your sourcing ability. You do deal sourcing. That makes sense, right? So for me, that is how I summarize these. Now look, is there an easy answer? Definitely not, because I've just given you the answer. And it depends on you, okay? So there's lots of options. And of course, you read my book, you look at my Elon, you see there's different options out there. But it so much depends on you. So have a think, you know, look at these posts, right? They're all on my Instagram. I've even made a guide on Instagram, which is all of them in one. And just think what suits you. Think about where you are and think about where you could be. Don't care if you have £10 in your account. You ain't doing shit with £10, are you? But you could do it with 10 grand. So hasn't your bloody uncle got £10? Got um, 10 grand? Hasn't your auntie got 90 grand? In it? Figure it out, right? And and use the free content that's out there. By the way, there is hundreds of hours. That's just my podcast. Um, There's like tens of other podcasts, books, all sorts of shit. Although you should only buy my book. That have value in. Use them, Right? Search for hashtags, search for people, look at who's following who and follow them and learn from them. Um, some people have no idea and that's normal. When you start, you're not going to know these things, right? But do some digging, do some stalking, find these people um, and learn from their experiences. Yes, people on social media are going to chat shit and say, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy, all this shit. But there's quite a few people who really don't, you know, and they do share the reality. The next post on Beginner's Week was, where do I invest? Where doth I put my hat? Uh, you know, and again, a very, very common question and one that I get asked and I have no fucking answer for. Stop asking me this um, because it depends on you. If you're in Yorkshire and you want to do buy to lets, then walk out your freaking doorstep and do buy to lets. Great area. If you live in Chelsea, darling, you want to do buy to lets, then you might have to walk a little bit further than out your doorstep, you know? So... This, again, is so dependent on you and also depends on your strategy because you could do like rent to SA or management like in, in Mayfair in Chelsea, but you may not do it in Glasgow. I don't know. You probably could actually, but you may not do it wherever. You could do BRRs in Liverpool. You can't really do a proper BRR in London, you know, unless it's a crazy deal. And even then the yield at the end of it will be shit. So it's pointless. It's not really a BRR. 
in the kind of pure sense of it. Who am I, evangelist of BRs? Um, so, you know, look at where you are and look at where you want to be. You know, if you if you want to do a certain strategy, then your your area and your location isn't really in your choice. Like, you may have a choice like, hey, you can do this part of the country and then you decide within it. But, you know, your strategy will be di- dictated already. You want to do flips and make big money and you live in London? Walk out your doorstep. Walk out your doorstep. That's where the money is, you know, for that sort of thing. Um, so it really, really depends. Now, look, um, you know, if your goal is to make, I don't know, half a million pounds on flips this year, you're not flipping small terraced houses in, I don't know, somewhere up there. I don't you know, in Bradford, you're not, you're not right. If you live in London, if you live in Bradford, different story, you'll probably end up flipping in the, the, the uh, more expensive areas. But if you live in London and you want to make half a mil from flips, walk out your effing door and there are deals there, right? Yes, you need more money to start with, but if you want to make half a mil, you've got to have something to start with, whether it's yours or someone else's. Also, do you have time slash effort slash the desire to be up and down the motorway, like, you know, to do BRR? So maybe the strategy you want to do will dictate the location, but then you say, I don't want to, I, I, nah. So you either go to deal sources or you say, actually, I'll change strategy. And then that dictates your location closer to home. Do you see how, It's a bit of a circle here, a bit of chicken and egg, right? They kind of play off with each other and they inform each other, you know? Informer. That's a big tune. Um, and also another thing to think about area is, look, yes, you may want to do flips on your doorstep. Oh, but Taj, I haven't got 80 grand for a deposit in zone four. Go get it then right? Go raise money, go invest like a couple hundred quid in my raising finance course and learn how to do it properly in it. Stop making excuses. That's the truth. I need a break from social media, man. It was pissing me off. Um, one thing you need to look at is the local economy. Let, let me go through a list with you right now. Yeah. Um, you need to look at the local economy and jobs. Um, how do you feel in that area? What's the vibe? Are you sort of putting your watch in your pocket and like making sure your alloys aren't nicked? You know, what is the vibe in this area? Um, what is the data for house prices? Has it grown here since the crash? Has it been the same? Has it decreased? Like, what is happening in this area? That's really important to look at um, on a kind of macro picture just to say, well, hold on. What is happening here data-wise and value-wise? Is my investment going to go up in 10 years or is it going to be the same? May not be a problem for you if you're doing BRR. But hey, look, we invest in property you know, because of the beauty of dual capital appreciation and rental income are the streets clean are the houses well kept you know does it look nice is it a big enough have you chosen a big enough area that you're going to have enough stock on the market like that you can actually choose from or have you restricted it so much that like you know it's so small and so niche that actually yeah you you're not going to find enough stock i cover a big area when i invest it's like 100 miles across by 100 miles up now, yes, it's fairly rural, so actually it's not a thousand miles squared of dense city. In reality, it's probably half of that, if anything, but that is the geographical area I look at, right? And there's, I mean, there's definitely stock, but, you know, there's still always not enough. But don't just cover one area unless the whole place is, like, you know, bad. But that's, that's you're never going to find that. Um, what's your competition like? Not something you need to dwell on too much, but if it's so hot, like when I first started investing, I looked at Birmingham, this was two years ago and I was like, F this, this is too hot. This is, I can't, I can't do BRR. So it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Not the way I want to do them. So I said, forget about it, huh? And I, and I left. 
Uh, well, I still do love Birmingham. So big up, big up the Midlands. We'll have a we'll have a Midlands mixed grill event coming soon, people. Whenever we can, you know, open up and whatnot, I will be there with my mixed grill and my paneer. Um, Article Four. If you're doing, you know, HMOs or if you want to use PD rights, you know, are they taken away? Is there an Article Four? Is it a conservation area? Things like that. Obviously, the more complex things you do, the more com- complex factors you need to look at. Right? You're just doing a simple. You know, whatever, you don't need PD, you don't need planning, yeah, go for it, you know. But just look out for things like conservation areas and listed buildings, things like that. That will see more deal to deal. Um, distance to home, and what are your networks saying about this area? Is it lit, or is it, yeah, is it a bit of a miss? You don't really want to be there. What are your networks saying about it? They know more than you do, especially if they live local or they invest there. So, the next post on the Beginner's Week was, what is brr? What is BRR? Or B R R R R R R R R, some people call it because there's like seven other R's technically, or like maybe there's one. Um, so a lot of people will buy houses, and I'm I'm going to call it the old school way. Please don't hate on me. If you do hate on me, I don't really mind. I'll just sort of swear back at you or something. But um, a lot of people buy a property, twenty five cent deposit, you know, put it in, let the rent flow, and you know, Bobin there's your uncle. Now that's great. And, you know, your yield is, I don't know, your, your return on your deposit is something like, I don't know, 10%, maybe a little bit more. It's better than the bank and it's probably safer than the bank and it's gone up in value. So as much as I call it the old school method, if I had 10 million sitting around, am I going to be doing that or am I going to be messing around with BRs? <laughs> yes, it's nice to refurb a place, new boiler, new electrics, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not messing around with BRs if I had 10 million in the bank. What's the point? It makes no sense. I've got better things to do if I had 10 mil on the bank. Again, so it depends on your situation. This goes way back to my first point, right, about your situation. So a different way of buying is buy, refurbish, refinance. How this works is you buy at a low price, often because of issues. Usually it's what we technically, in the industry, darling, what we call a shithole. You could have a short lease. You could, you know, there could be other issues, right? Title issues, but generally, it's it's just a shithole, right? It needs a good reefer. That's the, this is the purest form of BRR, but it works on everything. You buy the property, um, you buy it really cheap. Um, let's do an example here. You buy it for forty grand, yeah. So forty grand. Now, when it's done up, the end value is a hundred. Okay, this is not too unrealistic, a little bit, but it's not too unrealistic. Now, you need to spend about thirty five thousand pounds on this house, right? Fees, stamp duty. Um, the refurb, interest, everything, yeah? So now you bought it for 40 and then you spent 35 on it. You're in it for how much? 75k. Just remember that, yeah? So you're like, bloody, I've spent 75k on this house. I could have just bought one for 25k deposit. And you know what I mean? It's the same value. Mm-mm. Now you get your mortgage lender in and say, I want to refinance. Because you've already got a finance on it, the bridge, the cash, whatever. Or remortgage. They come in, the surveyor comes in, oh, Rick's qualified surveyor, thank you, oh, you're so amazing, you lot. Um, you kick the wall, they kick the walls and say, yeah, this is worth this much, downvalue it a little bit because they've got nothing else to do. Um, and then they obviously say it's worth, as you predicted or less than you predicted, it's worth 100 grand. So you spent 75. Now the standard loan to value LTV is 75,000 pounds. Is 75%, sorry. So this lender has come in and said well your house is worth 100 we're going to give you you know 75 percent of 100 minus their fees arrangement whatever for your remortgage here we go get you on a long-term 25-year product cool see you later shut up pay your mortgage interest do you see what just happened there 
they've come in and said you were getting £75,000 on the new value because you forced that appreciation through your refurb because it was a shithole. Now it's sexy. So hold on a minute. You've just put in 75 grand, but they're giving you 75 grand back out. So have you not just secured 25 grand of equity in there? Because if you sell it, you probably sell it at 100. It's 25k profit there. But you haven't put a deposit in here anymore. You've got nothing left in the property. You know, it nets, I don't know, 250, 350 a month. I mean, work out the ROI on that. I bet you bloody can't because it doesn't make any sense. What's the ROI on zero? People call it unlimited. People call it 100%. But obviously, most of the time, you're not going to pull all your money back out. They'll probably value it and you'll get 70 back or you'll get 68 back. But again, 300 a month on eight grand, on five grand, and I know from experience, is a 50, 60% ROI plus. So why isn't everyone doing BRR then, eh? I mean, you should all buy my book firstly, because it literally is the only book on, on BR. I don't know why no one else has written about it, actually. Strange. Um, but it's it's kind of magic, you know, because when I look at the deals I've done, I just, like, every now and then I just look at them, if they're on my Instagram or if they're on my computer, and I just think, hold on a minute. I've got no money in this house, but it's making me money. I've put money into this asset, right? Like, I've invested whatever into stocks and shares, but I put no money in, but I'm getting a return. What the hell? That's like you saying, Tej, can you um, give me a 50% return annually, please? What do you mean? You ain't give me no money. <laughs> like, it's crazy. BR is incredible. And it can be done on HMOs. It can be done on single lets, commercial conversions, whatever. It's kind of an overarching thing. Most people use it to talk about single lets, though. But like I said, it can be done for anything. It's magic. Um, why don't more people do it? It's hard work. It's effort to find it. People don't understand it. People say to me, Ted, I'm doing a BR. I'm like, show me the figures. I'm like, that's not a fucking BR. That's B-A-D. Yeah, bad. Because it's not a BRR. So people don't understand this. Um, and some people do BRRs where they actually leave in more money than if they bought it just easy on a 25% deposit and just could let it out from day one. So it's a weird one, you know, I think people don't understand it, people don't know about it, and it's a lot of work, like why, you know, like I said, you got 10 mil, you got X amount of money, why would you bother, you, you think you know everything and you just do what you want. Anyways, um, single let or HMO is the next one. Now, you know what, I'm not going to go through this in too much detail because the post is very visual, so you need to go and find this, don't ask me where it is, it's on my Instagram feed, please lord and i've got a guide on it as well click my guides on instagram it's like a new slash old feature you can see them all in one place look how easy i make it feel um but i think what i want to summarize is that okay for hmo wins on cash flow it wins on the creativity you can do internally it wins on the spread of your risk and it also um decreases the risk in terms of if you have one person leave a seven bed yeah you have one family leave uh, a single let you ain't getting no rent it's fucked um you got tenant issues well one out of seven is better than one out of one right so hmos and buy to lets go look at my post and, and look at the side-by-side comparison it's so much easier than um talking through it and plus i actually need to um so i've got an allotment space opposite now so i'm gonna i need to go and dig the bloody turf off and mulch the ground and prepare that. And I've got to make sourdough bread as well. Big up Millie on Instagram. She sent me some sourdough starters. So I've got shit to do, people. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, washed a herd this morning. I went for a middle parting. I was trying to go for like the sort of Italian footballer look, but it's kind of just, it just looks like a T Rex now. Anyways, um, a lot of people say, I can't get a mortgage. 
Do they say mortgage in America? Mortgage. Isn't it funny? In America, they say dickhead instead of dickhead. Have you ever noticed that? You dickhead instead of dickhead. It's weird. It's weird. Um, right. If you have the following, and if you have the following in combination, you can get a mortgage. Now, this is not financial advice. I'm not regulated. You need to check with your broker because there could be one little thing in your credit profile. There could be one little issue, right? That means you can't get a mortgage. But generally speaking, these factors are the ones that people, you know, think they can't get a mortgage on, but actually they can. Bad credit. Being unemployed, no, or a low salary, and therefore being, you know, self-employed. A new limited company. Um, people, you know, people seem to think that you can't get a mortgage on a new limited company that holds an asset. What do you think developers and converters do when they buy, you know, each and every, um, like development sometimes goes in a new SPV. So of course you can get lending on a new SPV. It's just a wrapper. They put a personal guarantee on you anyway. So it's just a corporate structure. It doesn't, you know, they will lend on that. No previous experience um, with HMOs and developments may be trickier. There's ways, fully legal, fully compliant ways around that or ways through it, I should say. Um, property value under £75,000. Now, this is becoming increasingly difficult. Lenders are really just leaving that bottom end of the market, which I don't know, maybe there's a niche here. There's a specialism. It makes sense. So they make such little money on it. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense, especially for the bigger ones. Uh, when there's so many properties above that kind of value, yes, you can get a mortgage on it. You don't own your own residential. Yes, you can. Um, you can get a mortgage in all these scenarios. So look, like I said, there may be issues. The mortgage you may be able to get, you may not even want because you might be like, yo, these fees are mad. These rates are mad. I'm out of here. Right. But generally speaking, you can. I mean, this post was actually a collaboration post with Where Shaz, my broker. And the last one, Single X HMOs, was actually a collaboration with May Green Investments, who you may know from Instagram fame. Uh, another, the next post was, and this was a, um, a collaboration with Property in 12 or Property in 1 2. I don't actually know what the correct um, nomenclature is for their name, but they're a really good account. Right. I have no time, but I want to invest. Well, look. I disagree. Now, there's a lot of tasks, right? Now, what, what Property in 12 is saying here is that property research, property acquisition, and property management are three key tasks, right? That we do. Obviously, we do others, but those are quite, those are three key tasks. They can all be outsourced, outsourced to the extent that you're still in charge, you're still managing it, but they can be outsourced. Um, look, why not take on a virtual or personal assistant? Um, they can conduct online research, phone agents, book in viewings and follow up with agents. They can also do, um, like deal analysis for you. I know people who have their VAs doing basic land analysis. Now you might think, well, land is, whoa, that's complex, but they're doing it. You know, if we can do it, anyone can be taught to do it. Yes, there's nuances, but at least at the kind of beginning level, you know, that it can be done upwork.com workingmums.co.uk to know about that site or fiverr because it's got like three rs.com what about the acquisition right you could use a sourcing agent or again you could use a va finding properties now this is where a va fails but viewing properties why can't you use something like viewber which i've not had good reviews from ever but anyways something like that or people locally with a checklist and to price up your refurbs now why are you not outsourcing the viewings i am not going back to my investment area i 
not happening. It's beautiful. I ain't going back. I'm, people are doing it instead and they're getting paid for it or, you know, getting value in some shape or form. That is all from your networking um, is where you will find someone like this. But of course, you know, you could put ads on Facebook or Gumtree or speak to students or something like this. You know, students think about it, doing viewings for you, making X, X, you know, 10 quid a pop. That's a lot of cans of beer, isn't it? Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. What about the management? You can use a letting agent, you know, um, or you can even use a VA. You can use a VA to handle a lot of the kind of back-end management here. Because, you know, people think, oh, VAs, they don't speak English, they don't know this. No, listen, man, we ain't shit. <laughs> VAs are so good. They literally kick our ass at so many tasks, honestly. Like, I look at my VA who's like, um, formatting my next book and my podcast editing, and I'm just like, wow, I thought I was fast, but I am slow <laughs> at these tasks, you know? So, and when it comes to customer service, yeah, they, they can do that. You know, they can speak to tradespeople. You really can arrange it, you know, um, and depending on your strategy, it may be wise to, because if you're going to buy 50, 60, maybe then you actually set up your own letting agency, right? Um, systems and processes are the biggest things that come into play here. So look, people, this has been a podcast for beginners. And, you know, maybe if you're a little bit experienced, maybe you've learned something as well. Now, there is a last post um, on my beginners week, which is getting that deal. I'm not going to talk through that. You've heard me talk about that stuff before please go and have a look at it. Like I said, there is a guide on my Instagram, which has all of this in one place. So you can swipe through it. Guides are a pretty cool feature. Uh, I don't think people are using them much, but yeah, they're an interesting feature. Maybe Instagram should have like blogs. Oh, too much writing. But anyways, I hope this has been helpful. All the beginners out there. Uh, any questions, uh, don't DM me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you have a question, comment it on the posts, you know, um, comment it on the posts and I will respond. As always, check out my book if you haven't already. Uh, and uh, yeah, check out my e-learning, tedgetalks.learnworlds.com. And uh, yeah, see you all soon. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.